Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Report. Thanks for joining me here on a Saturday at 11.30. Come at you every Saturday with the Week in Review. Armor Report stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. This is a show about stock market investing, in case you're new. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. Now, what we're going to talk about today, as I like to do every weekend, is we start with the top, which are the seven indexes that drive our risk decisions. And then what we're going to do is break down what the market's telling us, what it's driving us to do. We have some major changes in the portfolio this week, and then what we expect going forward in next week. Okay, we're going to talk about precious metal stocks. We're going to touch on the cannabis couch, look at some of the cannabis stocks. And then we're going to go to the Armour chart chat, where we're going to break down in rapid fire different chart patterns that you've been asking me about. Okay, and at the end, we'll get to the Q&A. So feel free to fill up um, the chat board and let me know what you're thinking. And we can go over that at the end. So uh, real quick, Armour Report, what's it about? It's, a, it's called Quantumental Investing, right? We, com- we combine a, uh, an approach where we look at computer algorithms, which is the quantitative part. That's for our execution purposes. We put that together with the fundamental foundation. And then um, it creates the information edge that I share with you. All this information I'm talking about and sharing is information I use to manage my own personal capital and for investors I manage capital for through our interactive brokers relationship, okay? I'm not telling you what stocks to buy. I don't know you. I couldn't possibly say do this or that, okay? If you want that type of granularity, consider becoming an Armour Insider, a subscriber to the Armour Report, okay? You could do that right down here. You could subscribe to the Armour Report. Um, every day, all day during tra- the trading session, we're sharing ideas through our Armor Slack trading desk, and you can be part of that on a real-time basis as a subscriber. So consider that, okay? If you enjoy this conversation, as always, a thumbs up helps me out. I appreciate it. Now, let's just dive right into a um, couple major changes this week to the portfolio. Uh, number one, we raised cash across the board in all of our portfolios. I'll go over why. I'm going to show you charts. Number two, we have exited, exited our precious metals mining stocks right now. We still own the bullion. We've sold the mining stocks. I'll show you why. Okay. Um, Number three, the cannabis stocks are starting to lead. I haven't been able to say that in over a year. So let's discuss whether or not that's, simply jockeying for the election or something else that's occurring under the surface that's driving capital into the space. Okay. So step one, let's go look at the charts of, um, of the S and P. Now, as I go through this today, let me start by saying guys, a lot of our stops have been tripped, which has made us raise cash. Last week, a couple things happened. Number one, we have algorithms written on the top seven indexes we use to drive our risk decisions. 
That's the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the small cap index, the momentum index, the value index, and the IBD 50, okay? All seven earlier this week told us um, to protect profits. In other words, to, to explain algorithms in a simple term, all seven The, the, the trading behavior of the market forced all seven algorithms to raise cash. So in our Armour Index-only portfolio, all we do is buy these seven indexes. We don't care about news or elections or anything else. We just follow the algorithms trading those seven indexes. We raised 25% cash. So we're 75% long, 25% cash because of the trading behavior last week. And when we saw that happen, we raised stops in our armor aggressive and armor conservative portfolios. And throughout the week, stops were tripped. And so it's driven us, I think, to a cash position that's a little bit too big, to be honest with you. We're 50% cash in the aggressive portfolio and 65% cash in conservative. I think that's a little too big. So we will be looking for opportunities early next week to add some new names. Ideally, going into the election and looking at the armor algorithms, the aggressive portfolio should be about 25% cash and the conservative somewhere between 40 and 50% cash. That would be ideal going into the election, assuming none of the other stops get tripped. Okay, so now let's look at the indexes. There's a real interesting battle going on for the S&P. The question is, right now you're looking at a, a, a daily chart. So each bar is one day. And we have a Andrew's fork drawn on this uptrend. And you can see that the stops here, we will not be stopped out unless we go back below that red line, which that red line coincides with the previous high in February, okay, which was resistance. It's now support. We go back below it, and it takes us below the 50-day moving average. We will be raising cash aggressively. I don't care what's happening with the election or not. As long as it stays above those levels, the news cycle doesn't matter. Stimulus packages don't matter. Elections don't matter. We have to have a certain amount of investment. You can see that the market could be working on and you'll see this across all the charts, a cup and handle base right on top of the prior highs. So we have a cup and we have this bit of a handle in here. Okay. Next week, there could be a breakout. This whole thing could rip higher. I don't know. Okay. So we have to watch closely. But what we're doing now is let's go to the weekly chart. And so my question for you is, do we have, in this weekly uh, um Andrew's fork goes all the way back to 2015. So it's a very strong uptrend. And you could see even the market crash this year really coincided with this Andrew's fork that could be drawn back in 2018. Okay. So we've ripped right to the top of it on massive stimulus packages. And the question is, do we have a double top forming right at the top of this Andrew's fork or is the new Fed policy of open-ended QE to infinity going to take us out of that trend and put us on a new path. 
And we just don't know that yet. And so what we have to do is be invested in a, in a smart way. You use your stops, you protect your capital if you have to, but at the same time, you don't run for the hills yet. The market's just making a, what looks like a cup and handle base. And now let's go look through the other indexes. Same exact pattern on the NASDAQ 100, but actually from a higher level. Okay. So what we're seeing here, and these are some of the names that have been lagging recently, which I think is a bit of a problem, quite frankly. Um, but you can see why they're lagging. I mean, this is the high in February. The NASDAQ 100 has already blown out. The rest of the market's trying to catch up. Here, my favorite index, FFTY. These are the disruptive growth stocks. Same type of a basing pattern. Could be a beautiful cup and handle, or it could be a double top. We just don't know yet, right? Take a look at IWM. This is what really interests me. That chart looks phenomenal. And looks like it has a lot of catching up to do, right? Because it's still below the highs of February. So one thing we have to discuss today is their rotation. Is their rotation? You see how high the NASDAQ 100 is. You see how low the, the, the small caps are, which are value plays, okay? Um, and is value starting to come on and take over for, um, for growth? And what does that mean for portfolios? Do I want to go chase value? I had a lot of people asking me about, um, I'll do a little chart chat intermingled here. A lot of people asked me about AT&T, right? There's a value, big fat dividend, better than expected earnings announcement. Do I have an interest in buying that stock? I really don't, guys. Okay, I really don't. If you're a dividend hound, I mean, sure, you can own the stock down here, no doubt. But what's the reason to own AT&T? What's the catalyst? other than rotation, because rotation can end as fast as it begins. And so I never really make investment decisions based solely on rotation. You know, Ford's breaking out, that's a much better base. So if you want to go after something a little more, um, a healthier picture using technical analysis, you're going to go after Ford. And of course, General Motors seems to be leading that. Okay, so what does that mean for Tesla? Money going to come out of Tesla here, a third stage base that's breaking down, right? If it takes out that uptrend and takes out the 50-day, you know where that money is going. It's going into GM and Ford. Okay, so without getting too far afield here, to wrap up this thought on the market direction, I think we're a little too light from an investment standpoint in the armor portfolios right now. I'm going to look for some ideas early next week if the market is conducive to that. Okay. The market just breaks down next week. Then we'll find out why we're so light you know, in the armor portfolios. Stops were tripped. So the question is, do we need to re up into new names or is the market really rolling over? And we're going to have to watch next week. I don't have a lot of interest in adding a lot of names into the election, which is an uncertainty. But you have to respect those cup and handle patterns, and you have to respect the S&P trading above its support. And so we cautiously put money to work. The risk monitor is still yellow, which means you're allowed to put capital to work if you want, but you do it at a modest pace. Okay? 
So um, to wrap up this segment, I would say cautiously optimistic. Cautiously. Didn't feel that way all week. But when I go through the charts on Saturday morning and get away from the market, the news is, the news is off, market's closed, and just look at what's happening. You can't be too bearish yet. That's my thought. All right, now, let's rip into precious metals for a second. We have a serious problem here in precious metals. You know I'm a big fan of precious metal stocks. We made a lot of money in these stocks during the year. It's been a two-month, almost a three-month correction in these stocks. We tried to put capital back to work right in here on this breakout back above the 50-day moving average and above the downtrend. That breakout has clearly failed now and did it last week. We have been tripped out of every mining stock. Every mining stock in the portfolio is now gone. The only asset we hold from precious metal standpoint is the gold bullion play. Sprott Physical Gold, P-H-Y-S. That's it. Okay? And let me show you the major reason why. Could we wait for GDX to break down below the 100-day moving average? Absolutely. It's, it's nestled right in here. It's possible the whole thing gaps and goes next week. Okay? There's two reasons why we've stepped out this week. Number one, those of you who know me know, as we follow these stocks for a long time together, the last week of the month is always the hardest for these stocks. It's options expirations week. I think it's Tuesday for Comex and Friday for Bank of International Settlements. At the very least, that should put a cap on metal prices. At the worst, it creates an opportunity to jerk these things down one more time. And I'm just not going to sit around and take that. It's very rare that you see these stocks go up the last week of the month. It could be this time around. But the job of the Armour Report is to put us on the right side of probabilities over and over and over again, okay? And statistically speaking, the last week of the month is the most difficult for these stocks. So I'm stepping aside, okay? The second reason are the following two charts. We can't ignore this. The two best, not, yes, the two best companies fundamentally, the biggest and the best, the leaders in the sector, are clearly, clearly breaking below the 100-day moving average. It's not even close now. We can't say, oh, well, maybe, well, maybe, blah, blah, blah. This is a breakdown, period. Newmont Mining's underperforming. This is a leader. It's underperforming. Barrick Resources, okay, underperforming, already broken down. You can't argue with that. A double top right at the 50-day moving average that failed. So I'm going to wrap up this segment with this thought. Okay, we've stepped out for now. We're not, we're not um, fundamentally opposed to this group. We think these stocks are going to go a lot higher in the coming months. We just need to step aside and rethink what's happening here because the behavior is not um, matching our expectations. And God knows the worst thing you can do in this market and in your investing life is to force your will on the market. Okay? They will carry you off the trading floor on a gurney if you try to force your will 
on the market. My will, my thought, precious metal stocks should be at new highs of the year already. Not happening. We just went through the last couple weeks of the month, which are the best time of the month for these stocks to go up. No non-farm payroll number to worry about. No month-end OPEX to worry about. And the stocks went down. Well, let's look at bullion. Is bullion going down? No. Bullion's flatline staying higher. Take a look at this. T-H-Y-S, right? Our favorite bullion play. Nothing wrong with that chart. Well above the 100-day moving average. And and still in the process of, of uh, actually still above the 50-day moving average. So bullion's higher, metal stocks lower. That's not what we want to see. Typically, metal stocks lead bullion. I'm not sure that's going to happen right now. I think bullion has a bid going into the election, okay, as a hedge, okay? Um, so to wrap up my thought here, I'm going to finish off with this right, right now. Clearly, the option structure on GDX in between the 40 and $42 area is where all the option activity is. If we can get above this area and clear it on a volume breakout, I will be more than happy to buy these stocks back. I don't care if I pay more. The ARMA report stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. We manage risk first. We protect capital first when things aren't right. Sometimes it means we trade more. I don't care about that. I'm protecting my personal assets and the assets of the capital I manage. I don't care if next week GDX blows out above 42 and I'm buying all of the stocks back. I'll do it. Because statistically speaking, that will happen one out of 10 times. Okay? And the other nine out of 10 times these stocks are going lower or it's dead money for a while and they're just not going anywhere. And we have to wait for the next, next risk on entry point. So that's how we're handling the metals right now. We're out of the stocks. I'm more than happy to step back in. If they can show me strength on volume above key, uh, uh, key locations, GDX on the chart is 40 to 42. Really a close above 40 is the first thing we have to see. And it has to be, significant, not a, not a close of 40 and a quarter. And we need 41, you know, preferably 42. Okay. And then we start to get the strength we're looking for. We'll buy the stocks back. That's where we are. Okay. Cannabis couch. I got to rip through here and try to get to our Q and a, um, I love how these stocks are trading. You can't, you know, you really just can't ignore CTC has always been the bellwether for us on the armor report. As you can see on this chart here, we bought it at 16 and a quarter. Okay, the stock is trading at 19 and three quarters. 20 is the key area on the chart to follow. That's the location that matters. A clear break above 20, and you can get a real pop in this asset. Okay. So you can see a long-term bottom. This is really kind of a, a bit of a value play, if you believe that there's a real business here. Okay, something like that, something like that maybe. There's many different ways to draw this chart. The bottom line is you could see a bottom in place and you could finally see that breakout above the 200-day moving average. That's a stock we have to own in here going into the election, going into the earnings announcement. At some point, there's going to be an earnings announcement that surprises the street. 
on the upside, not the downside. Okay? And then, of course, we go through our list of uh, U.S. MSOs. Now, for those of you who follow the Armour Report, for Armour Insiders, you know this. I won't put these stocks into Armour portfolios officially. I can't tell you or anybody to go buy a stock, trade it on the Canadian Stock Exchange, okay, where many institutions here in the U.S. won't clear the trades. Big institutions, big clearing houses, because of the legality of the situation, you have a very strange um, way that these stocks trade. And so the risks as a fiduciary, I can't tell you, go buy these stocks. But I am sharing with you that I own the stocks personally. Okay, so we picked up um, on the 7th of October is when we picked up uh, TrueLeaf right in here. 19 and change, $20 area, stock has taken off, right? Our favorite four names, Green Thumb, on the same day. We bought them all on the same day, which was the 7th. We saw a pullback, second stage base. You guys might remember we, we talked about it. Now the stocks are making new highs. CURLF, huge run. Maybe 30% off of that entry point right here. Okay, and um, let's go labs. Those are the four. They look great. And so what I ask you is this. Are we just seeing a jockeying for position in front of a potential Biden victory, in which case when Trump wins, these stocks get wrecked? My guess is there is some of that going on. So you have to consider that. You know, going into the close on November 3rd, how much of these do you want to own in your portfolio? A Trump victory, and these stocks, there will be air that comes out of them, I think, for sure. The flip side is a Biden victory, and the stocks, you know, who knows where they go from here. It will take time fundamentally, however, for real cannabis change. So any pops, any collapses, that'll be short-term in nature based on news events. But the underlying strength of these stocks, and go look at this pattern right here, even Cresco all the way back to March, right? We are in a very strong uptrend. That's not just because of an election coming up, okay? This is not just because of an election coming up. Look at, look at the stock. That's a phenomenal breakout. Pull back to the 50, which we bought. Now the stock is rocketing higher. First stage base breakout for, by the first pullback to the 50. It's one of the Armour Report favorite trades. This is happening because the growth in the business is skyrocketing. So there may be shenanigans around the third. Who knows what happens to them after the fourth. So we will have to adjust position sizes Accordingly, I will probably sell some of these names in front of the, the, the election, having made so much off of this trade. So let them pop, book some profits. Could be a quarter of the position, could be a third. For a conservative account, maybe 50%. But truth be told, conservative accounts don't own these stocks. So you know, we're, we're all aggressive that are in here. So probably 25% I'll take off the top. And I'll leave the rest out there and see what happens. All right. Um, Let's just rip through a couple of chart patterns that um, 
you all have been asking me about, and then I'll get to Q&A. All right. We already went through AT&T. We went through... Um, Let's just go over step by step. I know some of you have asked me about SNAP and how, how, to, how to best trade that asset. Okay, so first of all, um, let's go over our process. At the Armour Report, we look for first stage bases. You could see that was the first stage base on SNAP. The breakout and the pullback to the 50. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. That was the entry point, the pullback, the first pullback to the 50. So the reason I go over this with you in Armour Chart Chat every week is so that you could start to see the patterns that work and then look for these patterns every day when you get up in the morning and you start going through your charts and your process. Look for first stage base breakouts and second stage pullbacks to the 50. That was the entry point. Now, of course, you have an earnings blowout. And so what do you do with the stock if you still own it? Well, how many standard deviations above the 200-day moving average is this thing trading at? You know, at some point, you want to book some profits. And usually we do it around four to four and a half standard deviations, right? So all I'm saying here is, again, this is an armor investing way process. If we own a stock like this that rips to the fourth or four and a half standard deviations above the 200-day moving average, we book a profit. Not the whole position. It depends on the type of trader you want to be, type of investor you are. 20%, 25%, 30%, 50%. Book some profits. Don't let greed drive the bus. You've got to dictate to the market. You don't want the market to dictate to you. So you sell into strength and you buy weakness. Here's where you bought, you bought weakness. Here's where you sell into some strength. And then you carry the rest of the position with some type of a moving average stop. Or in this case, I would actually use the low of the gap up day as the stop. Because no moving average can keep up with this asset right now. So the low, of the, the low of the gap update would be my ultimate stop on this trade. Okay. Some of you asked me about gap. I give you a chart pattern that's kind of interesting here. First of all, let's look at gap. So gap is a downtrend that's breaking the downtrend. I'd love for somebody to tell me, you know, what is the driving force behind, uh, behind the gap? Okay, there has to be, I mean, unless you want to tell me everyone's working from home and they're not buying men's warehouse anymore, they're going to the gap. I mean, maybe. Maybe they're not buying suits, they're buying gap clothes. God help us. Um, but anyway, um, so this is your first stage. Oops, this is your this is your first stage base. Clearly, you've just broken out of it. The time to own it would have been right here on the breakout right there. All right, so the 5th of October. So when we go over chart chat, I'm trying to show you how to look at charts so you can see where the entry points are. And then we have to find new ideas together where we're getting it on the right day. And if you own it here, you let it go and you you'll probably carry it up with the 25-day moving average as your stop. Now take a look at this, guys. The gap is going up and so is Levi's. That's an interesting chart pattern right there after a blowout quarter. So it looks like people are buying more jeans than the street expects. And now I have a soft spot in my heart for this company because the symbol of the stock is the name of my son. <laughs> There's a reason to own it. 
Levi, L-E-V-I, there it is. Just kidding. Of course, you wouldn't buy it for that. But the earnings announcement was great. They're trying to turn a corner. And if jeans come back in style and the gap is breaking out, the stock probably works. Now, we do have a day trading channel for the Armour. Um, as an Armour subscriber, you're part of the Armour Slack room. So all day, throughout the day, we're sharing information in the Slack room. I'll invite you when you become an insider. And we have a day trade channel where all we do is talk about day trades. And I share charts and I share entry points and I share our process of how we day trade the indexes and individual names. Okay. And so we took this position on Friday. We actually used um, Levi on Friday as, a, as an asset we traded. And we picked up the stock right in here. And of course, you know, I'm digressing a little bit. So I'd have to explain why on another video, why we were buying it right here. The key location on Levi's was right here, and that's where we bought it. We had a nice run. And it went right to the ATR high of the day. I digress. I'll share more of that on um, Armor Chart Chats where I'm going over day trades. Okay? So let's look. Uh, let's keep ripping through these charts. You guys were asking me about Tesla again. All right. So we just talked about Tesla a minute ago. We're at a third stage base here, and it looks like money's coming out of Tesla, rotating into Ford and PM. As long as the asset stays above the 50-day moving average, you know, probably nothing to see here could grind itself higher. A significant break below the 50, okay, and then you've got a problem in the stock, all right? And we generally don't buy third-stage bases at the Armour Report. We buy first-stage breakouts, second-stage pullbacks, third-stage, we usually don't buy them, Okay. American Airlines, everyone's asking me about American Airlines. Guys, I don't have any interest in airlines and I don't have interest in jets, okay? There's just, and this is a simple opportunity cost of money. And the jets is the ETF of all the airlines. Okay, this is just dead money right now. Now, if you want to tell me the economy is going to reopen, these stocks are going to go through the roof, I'd say, great, you're probably right. There's so many other names I'd rather own if the economy reopens. It's not going to be Jets for me, okay? I mean, for one, I don't, I'd rather own shares of Disney. That's a chart that I'll probably be buying back next week. If the market holds up next week, I'm probably going to add shares of Disney back to accounts, okay? The risk-reward on Disney is just a perfect setup. Your risk clearly is right in here, this double bottom low, which is like 120. The stock's trading at 120, 128. I mean, it's just... You can even use the 200-day moving average right here if you want a tighter stop. That's a no-brainer economy reopening idea with legs based on a technology uh, um, renovation for the company. Okay. Ask me about Intel. All right. So let's talk about Intel real quick. All right. There's nothing to do with this chart pattern. Why would you own this pattern into earnings? Okay, so we look for first stage base breakouts. We don't have that here. We have a base breakdown, right? So you're not going to own this stock in here. Don't forget, we want first stage base breakouts, and we buy second stage base pullbacks to the 50. We avoid stocks that gap below support, okay? 
There's nothing to do here except for more heartache on another earnings announcement that was a disaster. Let's look at AMD instead, just to look at chart patterns. So here's an example of a beautiful pattern that should have been bought. Oops. Okay. You could say that's a, I don't know if that's the first stage base. We'd have to, that's probably a second stage. Okay, there's your first breakout right in here on AMD, right back here in November. It ran up. Okay, now this sell-off is the collapse in the market, and it sets up a beautiful cup-and-handle base, and it blows out again. So you could argue this is a third-stage base in AMD, right? First stage was here. Second stage is here. Now it's trying to make a third-stage base. You could buy it if you want. It's not that third-stage bases don't work. It's just that they're more dangerous and they, and they have a higher probability of failure. So if you buy AMD, you own it right here, your stop is the 50, and I'm not sure you want to own it in front of earnings, but that's up to you. Okay, but Intel, Intel has to be in a void, okay, because there's just no setup there. And then the last thing I'll go over is um, uh, the energy stocks. MRO is a question I've been, I've been getting a lot from people. You know, it's the same look as jets, right? I just have no interest in energy right now. Now, I will say this. Now, look at this is XLE. So you're, you're asking me, guys are asking me, is this a double bottom in energy? Here's the only thing that I find interesting about this chart. If we go into November 3rd, and everybody thinks Joe Biden's going to win, then the stock to own as a hedge should be an energy stock because they're so depressed. If Trump gets another four years, you would expect these stocks to go up. You could almost put together a portfolio of cannabis stocks and energy stocks and go into the election and see what happens. One of those groups is going to blow out you know, the other group, I don't, I don't know if XLE would actually collapse on a Biden announcement because, I mean, the stock's already down huge. It's almost a win-win. It's almost a great hedge. If you think Biden's going to get elected and Trump gets elected, maybe that would be a reason to own a couple energy names. But I'm not doing that my own personal portfolio as of the moment. I'm not sure if I will. All right, so that wraps up the chart chat. Let's get to your questions. Thanks for spending your time with me this morning. Let's try to see if we can't bang out some Q&A. All right. Um, Raymond May. <laughs> Raymond. You're killing me, brother. All right. Um, P-A-C-B. Let's take a look. The answer is no. I haven't done my work on it yet. And I guess I feel like I haven't done my work on it yet, Raymond, because I'm not buying the stock up here. It's not even close to a buy point for me. I'm not chasing the stock up here. So it's on my list to do some research. I know there's some good reasons for it. Not to mention the CEO, right? But in order for me to buy it, I'd have to get a pullback down to the 50, and it's not even close to that. So it's on my radar. I, I don't have a lot of interest in, 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 I shouldn't say interest. I have interest. I just have so many other things to do. Raymond, I just can't get to that yet. Take a look at Beam. I did some work on Beam this week. An Armor Insider brought this up to us in our Slack room this week, and it was a brilliant call. Um, and this is a phenomenal story that, that if you haven't done research on this company, 
you may uh, have an interest in doing some research. Go look up who the CEO is, who the scientists are, what their background is. Listen to the last conference call. This could be a big stock. I can't buy it up here. This is the first stage breakout. So what we'll then want to do is wait to buy the pullback, setting up the second stage breakout. So this goes to the whiteboard. Francine, how are you doing? Hi, Brett. Uh, do you think CRM touching the 50 is a good entry point? All right, take a look. Huh. Possible. Let's look at it here. Well, let's build our bases. This is really what they call a base on top of a base. Okay. So you have that base structure in here and then you really made a whole nother base right in there. I wouldn't even call that a first, a first touch of the 50. It's not, it's all based on top of a base. And so this is the first breakout because of a blowout earnings number. And so this is, this is an interesting idea to me. I don't love that chart pattern. And this is my only problem. Uh, Francine, here's my problem. If you look at the NASDAQ 100 chart and then you look at the IWM small cap chart, the, the NASDAQ 100 names are underperforming. They're starting to roll over. And so if I add a new name to the portfolio, I don't see myself adding a bunch of big cap tech that's rolling over. So what did we add this week in the Slack trading room. And you know this, you were, you're an armor insider, so you're aware of this. So what I was willing to add is under armor. Okay. So another, and this kind of goes in the same theme as the gap as Levi's, you know, under armor beat up retail that's starting to see a resurgence. All right. Under armor, breaking the downtrend. We had a, another armor insider share this idea with us in the Slack room a few weeks ago right in here. And we bought it this week as it popped, whoops, popped right out of this downtrend above the 200 day moving average. And the stock's been up every day since we bought it. There's a real catalyst and a turnaround going on in this company with a new chief executive. So there's a stock that we'll buy. So what I'm saying is, Francine, I'm willing to buy turnaround stories or stocks that are not the, the top big cap names at the moment, today, on Saturday, looking at uh, um, algorithms and charts and fundamental research. This could change. Okay, so we'll put CRM. It's already on the whiteboard because I like what you've noticed, which is that first pullback to the 50. You're right about that. But I'm, I'm just a little hesitant right now. Um, good morning, Deb. Good morning to you, Bruno. Thanks for the insight. Wanted to know your thoughts on holding a position through earnings. So what I do, uh, Armor Insider, you know, the Armor Investing way when it comes to holding stocks into earnings, it all depends on the type of stock and the behavior of the stock in front of the number. If a stock sells off into earnings but stays above my stop, I generally hold it into earnings. If a stock runs up aggressively into the number, I generally book some profits, 25, 30%, take it off the table. 
And the theory is, and I've just noticed this over 30 plus years of doing this, if a stock sells off into the number, there's no real expectation. So it's a low hurdle. The company makes an earnings announcement that's better than expected and the stock gaps up. If a stock runs into the earnings number, there's a huge hurdle. There's so much expectation that it makes sense to book some profits. And I'll explain. I'm looking at chart patterns real quick. Okay. So one of the names on our, on our list is um, the, con the container store. Okay. This was the breakout here. We've talked about it on this show repeatedly during this run. Okay. It ran right up to and touched the four and a half standard deviation line above the 200 day moving average on the earnings number that was a blowout. And as you can see with this bar, it closed down at the end of the day. And that's because it ran up into the number. And even though the number was a blowout, people sold on the news. Okay. Now let's look at something even more um, disturbing. Here's Fastly. Fastly ran up into the number. Okay. It ran up into the number. Gap down disaster. I wonder, I don't know. I'm going to go look at this right now. What, ha what happened? Snap was up into the number and it had an unbelievable blowout. But you don't see it. Look, look how Snap, look where Snap was. It really just consolidated at the top of its base into the number. Whereas look at Fastly. Okay. It was accelerating into its number. Those are the things that are dangerous. Uh, here's another one that we were part of. Okay. Don't forget back here and work. We owned work back here at 23 and three quarters, and we exited 30% of the position right before earnings. Then the stock gapped down 25, 30% the next day. So we book profits when they accelerate into the number. And if they're just meandering and acting kind of normal and not doing much, then we usually don't cut things down. We hold them in the earnings. Okay. Hope that helps. HLT. Worldwide. That's an interesting pattern. And I'm going to share another pattern with you that looks pretty good. So this is the economy reopening story. I mean, I, honestly, I'd rather, I'd rather own these names than, than airlines. But um, I also liked MGM. Ooh, God, look at MGM. Tight. What makes me excited are, are really tight trading patterns where the buyers and sellers are really battling it out. You can see clear resistance support in the small range. And when it breaks out, that's when you want to get long. So I like Hilton. Hilton looks pretty good. But I mean, honestly, I'd be a buyer MDM grand right here. Geez, I got to put that on my list. That's a stock I might want to own next week. MGM, Disney. Those are a couple of chart patterns where the reward risk looks perfect. Hey, but that just brings us to DraftKings. Makes me think of DraftKings, right? So we had the first stage breakout on DraftKings. Second stage base, it took off. Okay. And this is one reason why I never chase stocks because I remember when the stock was running up here, a lot of you guys wanted to buy it up here. Right. And I felt bad because we didn't buy it down here. <laughs> okay. And all the stock did was come right back down to the same price. So we get our next shot at it right in here. And of course it came down because they did a secondary, they raised more cash. They diluted shareholders. Half of the deal were selling insiders and that's never good for the stock. 
and it drove it back down to the base. But if it holds here at the 100-day moving average and gives us a risk-on trigger, that's a stock to buy. That's at the top of my list. I'm just waiting for the trigger. Right? What do you do? How do you build your whiteboard? You look for locations. First, you build your whiteboard with fundamentals, companies you want to own. Then you look for locations, and you buy weakness back to the location. But you don't buy it just because it gets there. Then you need the trigger, the reversal, right? So you want weakness in the midst of strength, but you want top-day strength. So DraftKings at the top of our whiteboard waiting for top-day strength to give us the trigger to step in. Let's see what else we got here. Overstock. We tried overstock and we cut it out quick. And I hope you guys realize why we use tight stops. Okay. We tried it right in here. Didn't work. So we stepped out with minimal loss. Now it's broken below the 50 at the 100. I don't find that chart compelling. I'm going to st step aside there. I'm not going to uh, take that idea. Wix. Hmm. Well, it's building its first stage base at the 50. So you're on to something there, right? I mean, the second stage base at the 50. Oops. Here's your first stage base. Then we open up the chart. And it's building a base right at the 50. So if there's a reason fundamentally you like Wix, this is the right location. And now you're looking for the entry point. Jasmine, what's happening? Good morning. S-E-D-G. Solatech. So you see, Jasmine, I'm not willing to buy these stocks because they're already up into a potential Joe Biden election. I feel these stocks are way overcooked. And should Trump win the election, these stocks are going to have major air that comes out of them. So I'm not, I can't, I can't buy them up here. You know, the real price was to buy them down here. And I, I missed the original entry point. You know, you could have bought the 50 day moving average here. I didn't do that. So I'm not stepping up up here. And if it, you know, if it closes below the 25 day, I would be a seller if I owned it. C-E-L-H. Good morning, Jason. How are you? What's that little idea? D-E-L-H. Let's go to the O'Neill chart for a second. Develops and manufactures calorie-burning fitness beverages. Huh. Well, this is the O'Neill chart. So, you know, where were you at six, my friend? <laughs> so this is the first consolidation after a major rip higher. So that's your first stage base, right? That's what you're asking, I think. There's the rip higher from six. And this is the first consolidation at the 50 with a 99 relative strength. So if there's a real reason behind this stock, um, kind of like if, you, if you've got a, the next monster beverage on your hands, which I don't know, so I'd have to do research on this, that could be a very interesting stock. So. Let's put this on my list to do research, C-E-L-H. You know, you got to respect that chart pattern. And honestly, those type of stocks, which are kind of one-off in their own uh, element, doing their own thing, seem to be the stocks that are attracting attention now, as opposed to buying a Netflix, which breaks down with earnings, or an Intel, 
or even a CRM, like the big cap tech seems tired and money's rotating into special situations, turnaround stories, and that kind of stuff. So a CELH looks interesting. Phil, good morning. How are you, my friend? What do you think of DLPN? Take a look. DLPN. Oh, I can't look at that one, my friend. Can't do it. I don't trade penny stocks, and I never talk about them on this show. So, I, I, you know, you're on your own on Dolphin Entertainment. I can't even – chart patterns don't even work on stocks that are under, you know, under a, a, a dollar. They're 75-cent stocks, and, you know, those – doing all the analysis that we do using algorithms don't work on stocks like that because they're too easy to manipulate. One big player can jerk them one way or another by buying a bunch of this and selling a bunch of those. It's not worth my time. And, and honestly, there's better places to make money, in my opinion. What do you think about? Yeah, I keep missing this one. J-M-I-A. You, you know, it's not my favorite business. So it's not something I can get my arms around and I just find other places I'd rather put money. But from a purely technical standpoint, stock came down, found, the, you know, found support. Now it's running. I mean, I wouldn't touch the stock here. But that's just me. You know, I just, and there's no entry point here. The entry point was down here. And now that it's running, I, there's nothing for me to do. If I owned it, I'd hold it, and I'd use trailed stops to support it. I knew this question was coming. Someone's going to ask me about Bitcoin, and it's Raymond May. You win a Bitcoin. <laughs> um, Bitcoin. Boy, that chart looks tasty, right? That's the weekly chart of Bitcoin. You know, I'm just, um, when I did work on this particular company, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, I, I, I just couldn't get comfortable with the structure. I just can't be comfortable that there's actually Bitcoin behind it. I don't know if this is just another, you know, tulip type of investment. You're all familiar with the tulip craze. What was it, the 1500s? If you're not, you should do some research on that because uh, it's an interesting discussion about crowd theory, how herds um, behave. Anyway, fundamentally, I just can't get comfortable with this asset. And... Um, I believe if Bitcoin is going to go up, my, my physical gold is going up and there's other places I'm going to make money. But if you're asking me strictly about the chart pattern, you can't argue with that, you know, with that pattern. Although truth be told, the entry point was down here. And so I wouldn't pay up for it. You know, I wouldn't pay up for it. I mean, the, the entry point was right there. And it looks like a really good pattern. So don't let me stop you. Just my own, my own feelings about it. Don't let that stop you. That chart pattern looks phenomenal. If you own it, I'd hold on to it. You know, weakness back into the base, into the uptrend, you could add a little bit. You know, right down, right down in here, 
maybe the 14 day, the 25 day, it gets down there. You can add some maybe. CGC on a pullback when I back up the truck. Truth be told, my friend, my truck has already been backed up. <laughs> so I, I don't know what I'd do now. I mean, I own it, I own it aggressively right in here at 16 and a quarter. Um, and I own, it, I own it through the options market. So um, you know, for me, the key location on this chart is 20. If it could break out above 20, I might add more on a break out above 20. When's the earnings announcement? I'll, I'll, let's pull this up. Announced in 16 days, so we still have some time there. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my truck is backed up. It's the only, <clears throat> it's the only Canadian cannabis stock I have an interest in. You know, I think it's the, if you can't, excuse me, I've said this for a while. If I can't make money in canopy growth, I can't make money in any cannabis stock. So I just keep hitting that stock and I do it aggressively. And that's where my play is. So, um, let's look at LL and W, excuse me. I wonder if you all remember what I said about this company. You've asked me about it before. There's the breakdown in the stock. Let's look at it here. Do you all remember? Do you all remember what I said about this company when you asked me about it weeks ago? Does anybody remember? If not, I'll refresh your memory. I told you I'm avoiding this stock. I know you all told me this is like a fastly type of idea. And I did research on it. And I came back and told you, I'm uncomfortable with this company. So fundamentally, the stock will not make it to the armor whiteboard. And so I'm not at all surprised that the stock gets crushed on the earnings number. And this is something you could write down and put it in your book and remember it. Captain's log. Trading rules. One thing that the Armour Report will almost never do is buy the also ran, the also ran story. So what happened was Fastly was skyrocketing and people started to promote Limelight Networks as the next Fastly. And when I did the research on it, I thought that was not true. That was a promotion. And that's what happens to the stock. If you want to own Fastly, own Fastly. But if you miss Fastly, you don't go buy something else. That's, by the way, a small cap stock that's easily easily manipulated where people can write reports about it. But when you do the research, you look at the management team and you see what they're doing, you realize it's a distant second. It's not even in the race in my opinion, after the research we did when it comes to Fastly. So those are my thoughts there. And I'm sorry if you've lost money there. I feel your pain. But remember that pain and turn it into something positive so you don't make that mistake again. Those are my thoughts there. 
You like Kirkland Lake now, KL. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like Kirkland Lake. You know, I liked it right up until this week. But what's, what's happening now to Kirkland Lake is it's clearly breaking below the 100-day moving average, going down to the 200-day. You know, it's underperforming, clearly. So what we need is now a reversal trigger on the, the mining stocks to get us back involved there. SDGR. Is it time to own that now? SDGR. Remember, they did this. Oh, it may be. Hey, hey. <laughs> Bruno. My brother, thank you for bringing that to the table. Look at that chart. All right, so I really like this idea. The stock ran up here. If you remember, they did a secondary right up here, and we talked about perhaps buying it, but then the secondary price broke. And I said to you guys, you've got to avoid a stock if it breaks the secondary price. And you can see why you have to avoid it, because it does that, okay? Conversely, if it, if it breaks below the secondary price, reverses and goes back above it, that's your trigger to buy it. When did that happen? Chewy. Chewy. Okay? Chewy did its secondary right here at 55, broke below it. We bought it back when it went above 55, and we tidily made some profits. We booked some profits here. We still own the position. We still own uh, our core position. All right? But SDGR is finally down to a level that's really tantalizing. <clears throat> I'm going to have to do some work on that next week. SDGR. And I'll get back to you on that. But that looks like a go. All right, guys. Listen, um, I really appreciate, as always, the time you spend with me on a Saturday. I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. I will be starting to share more intraday day trading chart techniques and how to trade it on this channel. You'll see a playlist called Armor Chart Chat. And I'm going to share with you step-by-step why we took position. We were long the S&P at a certain part yesterday after a double bottom right at a key location, and the market traded higher the rest of the day. And there was money to be made in the index, the S&P, as well as other stocks. And I'm going to show you that. So please, if you have an interest in day trading, you can follow that channel, uh, that playlist on this channel called Armor Chart Chat. And I'll probably do that this weekend and upload it on Monday for you so you can see what we were doing in the Armor Slack trading desk. So all insiders, of course, you know we, what we talked about because I shared it with you while it was happening on Friday. And I'm just going to give an overview of how we approach it to help you guys learn how to take the right day trades at the right locations. Have a great weekend, guys. I'll see you next week.